This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. What is up, everybody? Alex here, joined with James, as always. Hi. And our very special guest, Jerry Gibson from the Toffee Blues YouTube channel, as well as podcast. Jerry, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's nice to uh, meet you on here. It's pretty great. I've been listening to, listening to you for a while. <laughs> well, what we've been we've been really excited about having you on and the fact that, as, as you know, and, and the only reason why... Uh, anyone listens to James and I talk about Everton is the fact that it's very hard to find other Americans that follow Everton, let alone produce content or, or are willing to bring an informed opinion on the show. So we're really excited to have you on Jerry and we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, absolute pleasure. <laughs> Again, for the exact reasons you mentioned, you know, uh, that we've got a, we got a few Evertonians here in North Carolina, but, uh, and I'd say maybe about five or six in Winston Salem, but that I that I see every once in a while. But yeah, this is pretty cool. I like this. That's one of the coolest things about doing this kind of content is connecting with other Evertonians. Yeah. So so give us a little bit of background on how you became a fan of Everton and how you ended up getting into making content because you were doing this before we had even become a show. So I'm interested to hear what what drew you in and how you became involved. Uh, so, uh, I'll try to go in order and I'll try, uh, I tend to be obsessive and give too much detail. So I'm going to try not to do that. <laughs> Otherwise it's just <laughs> a big Jerry story. Uh, so, uh, I became an Everton supporter, uh, Yelovich. It's all Yelovich's fault. Um, I had been, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was 2012, somewhere around there. And I had been casually watching premier league. I just started playing more, uh, on on our television, on our cable, and everything, and I I had not really I knew I was like I really want a team. I'm really passionate about this sport, but I don't really have anybody I care about. It's very passive, you know, just watching watching the sport just to, to love the sport. And I happened to catch the end of Spurs Everton uh, when Yelovich got the late goal, and I think before that Pinar had scored. And when Yelovich scored, he ran over and grabbed the guy's hat. Uh, in the stands and it was just pandemonium. It was awesome. It was such a good moment. I was like, well, this is just, this just seems right. This just feels right. You know? Um, so I, I started uh, kind of gradually keeping up with the team and it became, it became, uh, it became a bit of an obsession. Uh, transfer windows kind of made me uh, research like crazy research. I've never did like crazy. So, you know, I was, I was liking Everton a lot. I would have the occasional Everton conversation with people outside of my family, but really it was just me talking to my family and my poor wife had to hear me say all over, over and over again. You see that guy in that game? Uh, we were being connected to him. You're connected to everybody, Jerry. I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's probably wrong, but (laughs) so, so basically I, I ended up doing content. I saw uh, the Toffee Blues kept uh, putting on Twitter, Hey, anybody who wants to help us with our YouTube channel and drop me a message. And, you know, you know, again, probably more information that you need, but I've got a little bit of social anxiety and I've been trying to break out of it. Um, trying to work on it, trying to, to really chip away at it. And a big part of that is putting yourself out there. And so I told my wife, I said, this guy's been posting all these things. And, you know, I've got my own video production company. 
here in, you know, I'm a filmmaker here in Winston-Salem. I was like, I could, I could be helping them in some way. Oh yeah. So it's just, it was just me like reaching out and saying, Hey, uh, you know, you need some, you need some help. (laughs) And the guy said, yeah, send me a video of yourself. And I was thinking, wait, I was going to edit for them. You want me to do content. (laughs) I was not prepped for that. I was not planning on that. I had no idea. And so I had done these little comedy videos with my family, just little sketch kind of stuff. And so I sent him that basically saying, Hey, you know, I can do this. You can see my editing and you can see my on camera presence, I guess. And, and he said, he said, yeah, that's cool, man. Why don't you do a test video? And I've got this other guy who, who wants to do work for us. His name's Edward. And, uh, you, you guys want to just talk and do a test video. So we did like a few tests, man. Um, just trying to figure out how the show would work and everything. But yeah, that's how, that's how I ended up. I literally, I fell into it thinking I was just going to be editing content, just, just trying to help, you know, and this has just been a pure like passion thing. And I, I, I found that I kind of like hosting, you know what I mean? And, uh, talking and connecting. It's really cool. So yeah, long, long story short, too late. Uh, I, I've somehow connected with Everton <laughs> doing content. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it's one of the reasons that we we love connecting with people such as yourself and all of the guests that we've had on recently. It's been very, very cool, especially because as I'm sure most of our listeners can relate to, at least stateside, being an Evertonian, an Everton fan in America can be a very kind of isolating experience. So when you're able to connect with people who share the same passion as you. That's obviously, that's, that's a great feeling. And it's been one of the great joys of doing this show. Um, obviously not raking in the big bucks just yet. <laughs> or any bucks. But, um, but we're, we're, or any bucks, yeah. But, but we're making progress and it's really just about having fun and, and providing something that people enjoy, which seems to be the case. So so we love doing it. And I, and I don't say this to Alex enough, but I really appreciate him allowing me to join him on this venture, which we're approaching now one full year together as a co-host. So it's pretty exciting. Together Congrats, guys. That's awesome. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, James, as well. So, all right, boys, let's jump into it. The first topic of the night, and this one's pretty much a quick one, but I think everyone uh, stateside enjoyed it at least, or maybe, maybe not all baseball fans, but Arlo White compared Wrigley Field to none other than Goodison Park. How do y'all take that? I think it's, I think it's a big compliment. Um, for me, being based in the East Coast, being based in Maine, my immediate I immediately jumped to Fenway Park, where I actually was this weekend. Um, but I think the, the comparisons are obvious, right? It's an old historic park, a great atmosphere, a very in tune fan base, and so I think the comparison is pretty easy. And I think Fenway Park and Wrigley are both very similar in that regard. Have a lot of history, and um, you know, are still standing despite all of the new ballparks that have popped up since. And so I, I think it's a very apt comparison. And, and having been to Wrigley a couple times, it's a really amazing place to be, which having not been to Goodison yet, uh, I'm sure I'll feel similar feelings my first time walking in. Yeah, I, I have been to neither place. All right. So, uh, however, uh, if I'm going to go to one baseball park in all uh, in all of Major League Baseball, that's the one I want to go to. Uh, I mean, they were, they were the last one to like put in lights, you know? So they were doing, they were having to do day games for a long time, just nothing but day games. And so I, I consider it a, a big compliment. Arlo always talks about having uh Goodison, having one of the great gantries, which I had to, at first I was like, wow, I've never heard that word before. That is a new one. 
Uh, let me just take it in stride and pretend like I know what he's talking about. Uh, so, but, uh, but he always talks about that. He, and he talks about it being cramped or whatever, but he means it as a compliment. And I think the only thing that I, where I was like, I think somebody needs to tell Arlo, hey, uh, they're actually planning on using Goodison after Everton moves, you know, for, I think, uh, is it Everton in the community going to be utilizing it? Because right. he yeah. said that it's going to be torn down. And I was like, Arlo, come on now, brother. Come on. You know everything. You got to get this right. <laughs> but I thought that was a, I thought it was a cool thing, you know, because uh, I take it like that. You know, I thought it was a, definitely a compliment. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even particularly a baseball fan. However, I know Wrigley Field is is pretty historic, and and obviously, the Cubs are are well known in in MLB in general, and and one of the older um one of the older teams in Major League Baseball. One thing I didn't realize, and we're getting off on a bit of a tangent before we move on, but it doesn't really, you don't really understand maybe being in the States, what everyone talks about when they're talking about the closeness to the pitch, you know, you can kind of have an idea like, Oh, that makes sense. You want to sit closer to the pitch. Um, you know, obviously if, if you have 50,000 fans in there, like they're going to be screaming at whoever from the opposition is taking a corner or, or a throw in. And as, as terrible as this, uh, this comparison is going to the DC United match at their new Audi field, the, the seats are very close to the to the um, pitch, and and furthermore, they're 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 kind of tiered higher up as opposed to farther out. And with that, I definitely understood the closeness of the pitch, which um, I think was one of the main talking points Arlo had with with comparing Wrigley Field and Goodison Park, along with the fact that it's you know old and historic and that sort of thing. That's awesome, by the way. That you that you. Uh, I just wish I lived close enough to a to a stadium. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> we've got we've got Wake Forest soccer, which is like the best college, one of the best college soccer programs in the nation. But that's about it. So the idea that you get to go to Audi is is, is awesome. That's great because uh, I, I have very little reference in terms of being close to the pitch like that and being able to feel that energy. Because I can't imagine the energy at Goodison. You know what I mean? When that siren hits right now, oh my god! Absolutely, we yeah, can watch absolutely. it in videos though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best we can do right now. But I'll get there. It's, it's gonna be like a pilgrimage. <laughs> yeah, I still get fired up for the for the videos. So being actually being there will be a totally different experience. But yeah, I, I, and I echo I very much relate to you, Jerry, because being in Maine, there really is. I don't even have like a good college near me, so I'm kind of in no man's land. The closest would probably be like the new England revolution, which is all the way down in Massachusetts in Gile- and at Gillette. And so that's pretty, and that's a football stadium. So that clearly would not be the same type of atmosphere. Right. But, but moving on to a very contentious figure in the recent history of Everton, we have big Sam Allardyce chiming in again on his former club, as much as it pains me to say that his <laughs> former club. And, and he's actually for once saying something that I think fans may be able to support and get behind his, his statements essentially were look at Manchester United and Chelsea, the transition that they're going through. They went very young and Everton have signed a lot of good players. They've made, they've clearly, you know, developed under Marco Silva last season. And if this is the season, they should break into the top six. What do we make of, of Sam chiming in yet again on the blues? Alex, you want to take that or you want me to start off? <laughs> I'll allow you to start. <laughs> He's a maestro, isn't he? The way he, <laughs> the way he plays the media, it is amazing. The way he, I mean, he is the media now, but it's still, it's its just, he's hes saying that and I'm thinking, well, that's good, Sam. But then I think, oh gosh, what is what are his, what are his uh, motives? 
You know, is his he motive, thinking his, his motives oh, sorry, are he's waiting for the end of the season to say, I told you so I, I told you you should have done it and you didn't even do it. Like they, you should have broken in the top six, but you didn't. Exactly. Exactly. See, I didn't even have to finish the statement. <laughs> exactly where I was going with that, man. He's that's just the way he is, you know. He's he's just a strange cat, you know. He's taught me how to drink wine, a pint of wine at a time, which is a beautiful <laughs> thing. And, he, and he's got some killer nicknames. He's fascinating. I really wish someone would do a reality series with him as a manager. Uh, but you know, I'm just so ready for him not to be in our headlines anymore. I'm so ready. Uh, well, he keeps making himself relevant, right? I mean, it just yes. we, we don't hear anything. At least we across you know across the pond, we don't hear anything from Big Sam Allardyce unless it pops up relating to Everton because we're so plugged in there. I will say though, regardless of his motives, I agree that Everton should break into the top six this season. I also agree that if we're going to, this is the season to do it because Chelsea, right, have the transfer ban, a couple injuries. Um, Obviously, Frank Lampard, a new a newer manager, and then and then Man United. We know all of their issues. Um, getting rid of Lukaku now, they loaned out Sanchez. The manager himself is is very. Uh, he seems almost ill prepared, and they're in, and they're at a pretty poor run of form in general since since a, a large part of the last season too. So, I think this is this is the season to do it, and I really hope that uh, he doesn't get to say that he was right and Ever- Everton didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a that's a tough one, man. Because I mean, I agree. This is a good season for us to have a good season. It really is. Uh, however, you know, I, mean, I was talking to, to, I guess Terry and Max, and we were all talking about. It seems like we're really close in terms of squad depth, like really close. But it's like uh, it's it's strange. It's like we still have those uh, hesitations about about. It's like you can look at our squad and you say, "Gosh, we're we're nearly there." But it, it could be, it could be. I just, I, I, I just don't want it to be one of those other clubs that people are mentioning in the same breath as us, like Leicester or Wolves. Like I really want to, I really want to prove these people wrong, you know. Ugh. Yeah, and I think that I think most Everton fans kind of view ourselves as a tier above the Wolves and the Leicesters, whether that's based in reality or in our own delusional fan brains. I'm not totally sure, but. I agree with the sentiment that Sam Allardyce is expect is expressing. Like you guys said, the motives behind it may be a bit more cynical than, you know, you might think at first glance, but it is the year for us. And we do have a very favorable run to start the season, which we haven't maybe done as well as we could. However, we do have a lot of new signings that need to get bedded in. And we saw last year that it did take a few months before things really started to click before we could get players back healthy and all, all of that good stuff. No real news there, but it is, and it is just unfortunate that until he takes another job, which I don't know if he will, just so he can forever have, because it's his most recent job, Sam Allardyce, former Everton manager, as like his little byline when he's on Sky Sports or whatever. You guys are fueling my optimism. It's beautiful. I always feel like when I'm on our show, I'm the most optimistic one. And I feel like it's, and so you guys are just, I'm just like, yes. I'm, just, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> well, see, Let's I, do it I, right now. Let's do it. <laughs> well, see, we do this for ourselves as well, but I don't think anyone would listen at all if we just uh, crapped on Everton the whole time. So it's also somewhat tactful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's- and, I would, and I would say off of that, I do think like American fans tend to be a bit more optimistic because 
for those, even if you're a teenager, as in, as if you're in Liverpool or in England and you're a fan, you've grown up just knowing pure heartbreak year after year after year. Whereas most of us have been fans for less than a decade. And so we're not quite as beaten down and cynical as, as a British fan might be. I think that's maybe why British fans like listening to us because we don't come with all that baggage and we can kind of look at things maybe a bit more with rose color colored glasses and say, Hey, look, just on paper, I think our squad's just as good as either Manchester United or Chelsea. And I think if we play the way that we've shown that we can play such as last set last Sunday, there's no real reason why we can't do it other than just the preconceived notion that we're not good enough and, and kind of got to get that monkey off our back. Yeah. And I think I have, that is, I think that's so on point. Everything you said, <laughs> I mean, I've even had like some British folks tell me, I like the fact that you're so optimistic, Jerry, you know? Uh, so I always feel like I get, I get kind of uh, brought back down to earth sometimes when we do our show because, you know, Terry and Max, they've, they've been living Everton for since they were, you know, crawling. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's, I think that's completely on point, James. Thanks, Jerry. I really appreciate that. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on now because we do have some international action to discuss. Much of it will be going on um, today's Thursday, tomorrow, and through the weekend. But we did actually have Seamus Coleman play for Ireland today versus Switzerland. Alex, give us a little bit of a rundown on that. Not a whole lot to discuss. I didn't catch the match because I was at work. However, they did draw one all. Um, Coleman, based on who scored, did not play fantastically however i don't think he he played horribly um just just kind of eh. otherwise the only other update um in international terms for today thursday as you mentioned was lewis gibson the center back for the uh everton u23s was on the bench for england u20s today in which they drew zero zero so not too much going on there. However, we do have actually some kind of exciting action shaping up for the weekend, or I guess the, including tomorrow. Tomorrow we've got Tom Davies, who's been included in the England U21 squad. So questions, hopefully he's able to get some game time because we know that it's going to be looking like it's going to be really hard for him to come by game time in the Everton team this season, which is just, I think all fans are kind of resigned at this point. I mean, we do have the squad depth and that's a positive, but to see a young player who has a lot of potential, I still feel unable to break through and get into the team. It's just, it's just kind of disheartening. And then uh, on top of that, we also have a matchup Brazil versus Colombia. So we will probably see Richarlison going against Yeri Mina. So that should be an interesting matchup. What, what night is, or when is that one, by the way? That's an, on Friday. Th- it's tomorrow. tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, Sweet. I'm not, I, I'm not going to okay, say tomorrow good. night, but it's down in Miami, so it is on this side of the pond. We have the upper hand, although I can't say that uh, any of us are going to be taking a flight down to Miami to catch it in person, are we? <laughs> on a Friday. To no, but that'll be a good. That'll be a good match. I mean, that'll be that'll be a really good match. I think it will. Now, I mean, in, in other aside news, I'm sure a lot of you have have seen this on social media, but I guess a Columbia fan got upset that he was. Um, that that he was he was ignored in quotes by Yeri Mina to take a picture or sign an autograph. So he threw his pen at Mina, in, in which Mina got angry um, and, and stormed off. And then a bunch of other fans got upset because they then in turn did not get an autograph or a picture with Yeri Mina. So that's unfortunate because I, I mean I personally don't know what's going through your head if you're going to throw anything at six foot five year old Mina. I mean that guy's a monster. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I'm just really hoping you were going to tell me that he like challenged him to a dance off because that would be <laughs> so worth watching. 
Oh, no, I was just saying, I, I can't imagine how uh, people are that aggressive when approaching these professional athletes who are taking their time out. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been just super psyched to just be there and to have them like, you know, near me, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I guess I'm, I, I don't feel really entitled about that kind of stuff. But yeah, it definitely reflects a sense of entitlement on the part of the fan, which I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I don't want to dive into who are the kid's psyche or whatever, but kind of just deal with it. You know, you, you didn't get your autograph. It's not the end of the world. Don't go resorting to violence. Luckily, I don't think a pen could even do any kind of damage unless it hit him like directly in the eye. But we do know he's injury prone. So I'm glad that he made it out of that encounter unscathed. That's great. That's just sorry, I didn't see that coming. You caught me off guard. I laughed out loud at my you know, yeah. you just said. Uh. And then um so to wrap up the rest of the Evertonians on duty, we've got on Saturday, uh Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane will be hopefully playing, presumably Pickford. It remains to be seen whether Keane will play, but England's playing Bulgaria. And then Sigurdsson for Iceland versus Moldova. He'll probably score like six goals, seven assists in that game. And then uh, Cenk Tosin for Turkey versus Andorra. So hopefully Cenk Tosin can, can get some game time. It's, again, another player who's probably third string striker at this point, relatively clear. And so it, it'll be good to get him some action. Hopefully everyone makes it out uninjured, unscathed. And that's really the worst part of the international breaks, right? We're just so accustomed to having players get injured, and then it really sets us back. Um, and that seems to be more of a, a previous era type of thing. We've been fortunate thus far under Marco Silva, but uh, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed and knocking on wood. You're holding your breath the whole game. It's just yeah. wolf. And then in the last bit of, I guess, international news, this kind of started quite the uproar because I'm sure most people saw Graham Sunis's comments on Moise Keane pretty much pulling it out of his butt because I don't think he actually had any factual basis behind any of it. But he did say that there were alleged attitude concerns surrounding Moise Keane, and that's why Juventus were supposedly willing to let him go. And then it came out last night that he had been excluded from the Italy senior squad because of being late to a training. And so this kind of added fuel to the fire that soon as it started. And people, I guess, probably not Everton fans, but we'll discuss it. What do you guys make of Moise Keane kind of being punitively uh, – excluded from it from the Italy squad so I would like to clarify it wasn't actually even he was late to a training he was simply late to a team meeting along with one other player and and I do not remember the other player's name here's what I will say Graham Sunis can kick rocks pound sand however you want to put it but tell me this riddle me this James and Jerry at 19 years old can either one of you say that you were never late to work not once (laughs) No, you was can't. I not late to work. Right. Okay, yes. James. James. I was late. I was late to work this morning and and yesterday. So <laughs> okay, I mean, a couple minutes. But you know, that's the thing. Like, you don't know if he's thirty seconds late. Is that the same as did he show up an hour late? Did he show up five minutes late? We don't really know the details, so it's kind of hard to speculate. Right. And and that and that and that doesn't even matter. The point is, people just like to blow this stuff out of proportion. He's 19 years old. He was late to a team meeting, which don't get me wrong, that does not make him right. And that's not a fantastic excuse. I'm just putting it into perspective for everyone listening and everyone with with a stronger opinion. It's not the end of the world. And, And the manager said specifically, he said, I'm doing this. I don't like to exclude them from the squad because 
you know, obviously they're, they're talented players. However, I'm hoping to help them in the future because they have to realize that everything, everything throughout their career has to be taken seriously. And, and, and I think that's a valid point as well. So I, I don't, I don't find it terrible. Um, shoot, he's left out of the squad. He can stay at Finch farm and continue training with the, with the, with the lads that were, were left there as well. And Marco Silva and, and the gang. Yeah. The second I, I read that news and I saw Mancini's comments, uh, immediately I thought, Oh, great. Now they're going to start drawing connections. And it, you, you saw it coming. It was just really obvious, especially after everybody was just completely, just completely jumping all over soonest for just, you know, <laughs> imaginary attitude problems with Moise Keane. Uh, it, it's a shame. Uh, honestly, it's one of those things I think, uh, you know, I, I, I seriously doubt that we're going to hear any more issues with him being late to meetings now. I think I think if it continues to be a problem, then maybe we can start uh, start actually, you know, making developing opinions on it based on facts rather than assumptions. Uh, but at the moment, hey, late to one meeting and there you go. And he's a kid and it'll be all right. Uh, maybe if a pattern of behavior develops, then maybe we assess it. But whatever. You know what I mean? I. Ugh. It's just groan yeah. worthy, man. Oh, the groan sums it up the best. And and my old high school soccer coach used to say, "It's only a mistake if you don't learn from it." And so I think that's kind of you know, and he obviously didn't make that up, but I still think it's kind of profound because this is exactly that type of situation where I think Mancini did it for that exact reason, so that he would learn from it. And it's not exactly the most consequential international break. It's not like he's being dropped from the World Cup squad. It's a single international break. And even so, of course, Moise Keane being young and hungry to succeed will want to be in the Italy squad. And so the hope is that he does learn from this and that it's not an issue moving forward. And I think based on what we've seen from him so far, I have no doubts that that this will cease to be an issue and that he will be five minutes early to every single event moving forward, at least. See, I mean, that's another thing. Like, if we weren't across the pond, we could be waiting at Finch Farm every morning before work and clock him in to make sure he was early. <laughs> but yeah, it's just if, that lack of access to the club, James, that we always talk about, uh, specifically with all our uh, British guests, you know? If anyone at the club's listening, we are willing to be Moise Keane's personal alarm clocks slash chauffeurs, and we will make sure that he's on time to every event that he needs to be at. We're offering up our services, and you don't even really have to pay us that much. Only like, you know, a cool, I don't know, 15K a week. We'll take that. That's nothing. See, they're not asking for much. You know what I mean? Everton, come on now. They're not asking for much. It's just, it's a gig. It's a job. You know, they want to, they want to do their duty. Let's do that. Throw us a bone. That's not even like a quarter of what they were paying Kevin Morales. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. And And what was he doing? You know, stealing PKs of people that should be taken. <laughs> and then missing them. That still makes me angry. <laughs> uh, we don't... It's just funny. I'm just like, too soon. <laughs> it's been years. Yeah, um, years. You don't mess with Leighton Baines and get away with it. Let me tell you. So, Luca Dean, watch out, pal. <laughs> Be like, the man is friends with Arctic monkeys. All right? <laughs> Are you kidding yeah, exactly. me? exactly. <laughs> Before Alex, uh, sorry, before Alex kind of alienates the whole first team by threatening them, <laughs> we'll, um, because they we'll move on to the last little bit of business here. Uh, let's okay. talk about the loan update because remember uh, the Premier League ends. Uh, Everton signing any player had to be done before 
the matches started early August. However, the rest of Europe was still operating as normal. Therefore, you could still sell or loan players. And with that, Yannick Balassi was announced, I think a couple days ago, went on loan to Sporting in Portugal. Um, there's a rumored buyback clause of 4.5 million euros, or not a buyback clause, excuse me, an option to buy um, of 4.5 million euros. I'm not sure if it's true. However, I think that's a, a positive loan for everyone involved. Uh, in my opinion, I, I'm just kind of sad at how um, – you know, he was treated since his injury and not being able to force his way back into the squad. And then naturally his oof tweet that was probably blown away out of proportion. Yeah, it's a good move for Yannick. Um, to, to, again, he said in his tweet, he's very thankful to have the opportunity to play regular football again. I think we all wish him the best. It was just that injury really derailed his whole Everton career. And he kind of, I think he does get kind of an, a lot of unfair stick because he was pretty decent before the catastrophic injury and then was just never really able to regain the the pace and what his game was heavily dependent on and so it's been a bit of a downward uh, spiral for him but hopefully he's able to turn it around and I think Portugal is a great place for him to do it yeah I tend to get really defensive of players that get uh, almost just lambasted before they've even hit the field I feel like a lot of people were jumping all over him before he even played and I was really hoping that he was going to have a good season that first one. And then when he had that injury, we literally got, we, but we both, both he and I tore ACLs at the same time and tore meniscus at the same time. It was really weird. Uh, and, and so I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm going through my rehab at the same time he is, you know, I hope he pulls it through. And it's just, it just, it makes me sad because he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a really fun person to be around too. Um, I hate, I hate the way it's kind of gone with him, but it's, it's also, you know, I don't really know what else can be done if they're not deeming him. I, I just feel like maybe uh, if people could be a, a little bit more polite words for the guy, I don't know I, who am I to say that though. I just want to treat people the way I want to be treated, but I'm not, maybe not everybody's like that. So yeah, all the best to Yannick Belasi on his loan. I hope he scores 20 goals and gets 30 assists. But I doubt that will happen. But but if, if he does, if we do end up selling him, I mean, that's a positive for any kind of money because otherwise he's just, we're going to have to see out his contract and he'll leave on a free. So yeah, all the best to Yannick. Um, going to the last bit of news before we wrap up, John Joe Kenny scoring a beautiful goal for Schalke. Of course, John Joe Kenny auditioning essentially this season to be our backup right back going forward, or I guess Seamus's deputy. And so far, so good, I suppose, right? Yeah, he he looks really strong for them right now. I think he he had one moment where he gave away a penalty. I think against Bayern, um, but he looks really good. I think Shaka really like him. Uh, supporters really seem to like him. Uh, I I watch a decent amount of Bundesliga here. I record every single Bundesliga game that plays on a, American television right now, and I've got that one on record right now. And yeah, he's he looks strong, and I think. I think it's going to be really interesting at the end of the season, where you know, uh, if we have a choice between him and Sidibe or mystery right back number three. Yeah, I mean, so, so I have never picked an official Bundesliga team to support until now because not only is John Joe Kenny on loan there, but for all the other Americans listening, Weston McKenney also plays and most of the time nowadays starts at central midfield for them. So in this match in which he scored a beauty, Weston McKenney was also starting. And, and so that's always fun to watch. In my opinion, John Joe Kenny, when he played for Everton, 
he all he always pretty much did a solid job. I mean, naturally, he's a young player, so he made mistakes here and there. He always did a solid job. The issue was the fact that when you're Everton and and according to Large Samuel, you should be breaking into the top six this season. Uh, a solid job isn't enough, specifically when when our tactics seem to uh, be move the ball down the flanks. You have to be, you know, your fullbacks are extremely important to that tactic and our style of play. So I'm hoping, and, and I know that playing at Schalke, assuming he keeps his spot throughout the season for the most part, is going to help him mature and really give him a lot of fantastic experience. And and, and I really do hope that he comes back next season and works his way in for, for a decent amount of minutes at Everton or is at least just solidified as the number two moving forward for the next uh, year or so before Seamus uh, undoubtedly loses his stop, top spot. Do we know if there's an option to buy on that? For some reason, I thought I heard that, but I'm wondering if we if we kind of have the first say and then they're like, if we're kind of like, okay, well, we don't want him. Do you guys want him? You know, the, because it seems like they they would want to buy him if they have the option at the end of the season, at least the way it looks right now. I did see that rumor. I don't know if that was ever confirmed. It seems to be speculative. It would be pretty surprising that we would, at the front of the season, kind of agree to some sort of terms. If it was an option to buy, I'd expect it to be pretty high because you don't really know. He could go. He he already has. He's shown that he's capable of playing. And so you, you would think you would allow him to demonstrate his value throughout the course of the season and then maybe enter in negotiations afterward. But that's why I'm not Marcel Brand, so I'm not gonna. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna criticize the man who's done so much good for the club so far. Absolutely, have to agree, Jerry. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thursday evening, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. Again, that is Jerry Gibson on from the Toffee Blues uh, YouTube channel and podcast. Thanks so much for uh, for having me on, guys. Appreciate the invite. You guys are. This was really fun. It's uh, it's always nice to connect. And honestly, with you guys, it was just kind of like. You know, talking to talking to my buddies. So, Hanging out. Thanks a lot. Man. <laughs> yeah, thank, big thanks to Jerry and thanks to everyone for listening. If you haven't already, definitely join our Discord. Find the link on our Twitter and Facebook pages or, you know, just email us and we'll send it over to you. No problem. Uh, until next time, up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.